Allah SWT says, بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الناس ضرب مثل فاستمعوا له فاستمعوا له إن الذين تدعون من دون الله لن يخلقوا ثبابا ولو اجتمعوا له وإن يسلبه وإن يسلبهم الذباب شيئا لا يستنقذه منه ضعف الطالب والمطلوب Allah SWT says O mankind an example is presented, so listen to it. Listen carefully. Indeed, those of you, indeed, those you invoke besides Allah will never create even as much as a fly, even if they gather together all for that same purpose. And if the fly should steal away from them a tiny thing, they could not recover it from him. Weak are the pursuer and the pursued. So this is an ayah coming near the end of Surah Al-Hajj. Very powerful surah, very incredible ayah. And the first point is what? Allah Ta'ala is telling us, is presenting a challenge. And SubhanAllah, till today, 1400 years later, after all the technological advancements, SubhanAllah, all the talk about, I don't know, creating AI and uploading your consciousness to the cloud, and I don't know, whatever else they talk about, they can't still produce a fly. Allah Subhanahu wa said it, you're not going to do it, I don't care how much you try, I don't care how much you guys get together, you won't be able to produce a single fly, SubhanAllah, still true. Drones don't count. <laughs> SubhanAllah, the fly, we think of it as something annoying, we think of it as something frustrating, you just want to kill it, it comes in big numbers, it's so frustrating, it's so annoying, but SubhanAllah, when you actually zoom in and pay attention, the fly has these two large eyes that SubhanAllah consist of 3,000 lenses. 3,000 individual lenses, all this, all these simple eyes, they come, they, they produce an image that comes together and subhanAllah, their brain has to synthesize all of this. I want you to imagine you're trying to swat a fly and instantaneously it can synthesize all this information. Imagine all these cameras working together to put that information in and then quickly react. And now let's say theoretically it doesn't see it. Instead, you know what happens? They have these tiny little hairs. They feel the change in the air pressure. And because of that, they know something, something's moving towards them quickly. So they produce a reaction and quickly think of, a, think of a escape route. And they jump into action faster than you can hit them. And subhanAllah, do you know how fast their wings beat? Something along the lines of 200 beats, per, uh, 200 uh, cycles per second. 200, subhanAllah. Imagine a human being trying to produce something with that type of technology. It's truly incredible. And subhanAllah, there are some species of fly, like the dragonfly, that has more than 28,000 lenses. 28,000 lenses, that's the most amount of eyes on any creature on planet Earth. So it's, it's the number one, subhanAllah. It's truly remarkable. Anyhow, despite, despite this incredible design, what did the idolaters do? They say, oh, my idol is here. It has none of these qualities. Forget about the lenses and the seeing and the moving and the flying, it has none of that. But they're putting honor to this idol by doing what? Giving it milk and giving it honey and giving it, you know, uh, different fruits and maybe flowers, whatever. And then they get so annoyed and they try to shoo away the flies because the flies are coming and gathering around, gathering around these idols. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is putting this example forward and saying, do you guys even pay attention that whatever this fly takes from this idol, the idol can't get it back? SubhanAllah, something for them to think about. Allah ta'ala is saying what? And yes, if something takes it away, you can't get it back. Now this, this point, is very powerful because you would think, no, no, if an animal comes and grabs something from me, I can get it back. That's what you would think, right? If a dog comes and grabs, I don't know, a piece of chicken or something, I can quickly run, grab the dog, open its mouth, take it out, more, maybe even, you don't want to do this, but you could cut open the stomach and pull it out, right? But subhanAllah, Allah subhanAllah says, you will never be able to take it back from the fly. 
Why not? Can't we just dissect it and find it? No, you can't. Why? SubhanAllah, because the fly, it doesn't digest like every other being. Rather, it has a certain type of saliva, almost like stomach acid, that it vomits up onto the food, and then once that has been dissolved and transformed on the molecular level, then it slurps it back up. And so by the time it actually takes it away and leaves with it, it is not the same thing anymore. So it is literally impossible to get back what you once had. Whatever it took, you cannot get it back. It has been transformed on the molecular level. Now, is that just a coincidence? I guess they got lucky, we can't say that, lucky. There's no lucky here, subhanAllah. This is miraculous information, subhanAllah. So yes, this is a very, very important point. And it's also interesting to note, this is a smaller point, but that flies tend to live around filth, we all know this. It's nice that they want to clean up that filth by consuming and so forth, but they tend to live around filth. And subhanAllah, it is interesting that these places of shirk usually do attract lots of flies. What is that implying? That it's something gross. So that subhanAllah, even on a fitrah level, you see something wrong about this. And whereas on the flip side, subhanAllah, the masjid, the masajid are supposed to be clean. And alhamdulillah, the masajid are clean. They are pure of any sort of this idolatry. And also you don't find that they're buzzing full of all sorts of things. Rather, in fact, the Prophet says, Amara Rasulullah masajid fiddur wa that the Prophet commanded us to build masajid in different localities and that they should be cleaned and perfumed. So you want to keep it nice so that it doesn't attract any sort of flies and things of this nature. Now, there's a big point here that Allah Ta'ala finishes by saying what? Weak are the pursuer and the pursued. So there's a few questions here that you have to ask. If you're really paying attention to the ayah, and I hope inshallah after the full month of Ramadan, we become people who really think. This verse began by calling to mankind, and yet it is addressing not all kinds of disbelief, but a specific kind of disbelief, idolatry. So that should quite make you question, why? Why is it the case? What? But then Allah Ta'ala is only speaking about idolaters. There's different types of kufr. So what's going on here? That's one question. And also, why call it a method, a parable, when Allah Ta'ala doesn't seem to be giving a parable? It's a fact. You pour things on top of idols, honey, milk, whatever the case is. Flies come, they take it, they go away, and the, and the idol can't go get it back. The idol is so weak, it can't get it. That's not a method, that's a fact. That's not a parable, right? A parable is saying your charity is like a seed, you plant it in the ground, and then it grows like so many. You know, these are parables. That's not a parable. Does anybody think about that? So, that begs the question, what is going on here? SubhanAllah, the answer seems to be, and Allah Ta'ala knows best, that idolatry in and of itself is the parable. Idolatry is symptomatic of a larger problem. Idolatry is merely one way of many ways. One way that disbelievers represent the infinite with something finite. Human beings are constantly using imperfect and impermanent means to seek perfect and permanent solutions. Such a methodology will inevitably fail. So what am I trying to say? Let me make it easier. The lesson is what? Everything in this world that is seeking and everything in this world that is sought is weak. Let's use us as an example, me, you, anybody. Everything you want is a manifestation of your needs, right? I need air to breathe. I need food. I need shelter. I need clothing. I need a hug. I need, you know, medicine. I need whatever. I need sleep. I need, we need, need, need. Every time you think about your needs, your needs do what? They expose how inherently weak you are. This is why the pursuer is weak. And then, at the same time, the things that you acquire to fulfill your needs won't completely solve your needs. Whatever your newest purchase is won't stop the chase of new purchases. You know, you buy something, you think this is the last one. No, it's not going to satisfy you. You're going to want to buy something else. The, your desires won't relent. 
Nothing in this dunya will ever do the job fully. This is why the, both the pursued uh, is, uh, is weak as well as the pursuer. Subhanallah, this is what's being taught here. That any time you treat, first of all, just knowing yourself that you have needs or anything that has needs, clearly it can't be God. It cannot be the, the ultimate. And furthermore, anything you seek in this dunya, you know for a fact, it doesn't matter what it is, it's idolatry from a tree or a, uh, an animal or a rock or a star or a plant or it doesn't matter, subhanAllah, there's nothing that human beings haven't worshipped. You could list every little thing that there is on earth. We, at some point, a human being has worshipped it, a'udhu billah. But the fact of the matter is that all these things are either pursuing or pursued and they are all finite and they will never do the full job of being like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we should remember the hadith in which the Prophet says what? He says, من هومان, من هومان لا يشبعان, طالب العلم وطالب الدنيا. That two insatiable people will never be satisfied. The student of knowledge and the student of dunya. We have to pick which one we're going to be. Because in this dunya, there is no satisfaction. But you can be one of two. You could be the one that chases dunya and is never satisfied. Or you could be the one that chases ilm of Islam and just gets more fulfillment from studying and learning and practicing. You'll still never be satisfied until you meet your Lord. But at least, alhamdulillah, you're on the right track. And so, subhanAllah. So where... Can we find the permanent solution for our needs? Where can we find it? And the answer seems to be that the fact that you're even asking this question means that you haven't appraised Allah, evaluated Allah with a just appraisal, with a just evaluation, which is exactly why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the very next ayah, وَمَا قَدَرَ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَقَوِيٌّ عَزِيزٌ They have not appraised Allah with a true appraisal. Indeed, Allah is the all-powerful, and indeed, He is the almighty. SubhanAllah, nothing in this dunya will ever satisfy you. So whether it be the example of the idolater seeking something from this idol, you could say to yourself, maybe I'm not at that level of an idolater, but still, even the idea that I think this next purchase, or this next thing, or this next degree, or this amount of money, whatever it may be, this idea of, if I just get this one more thing, it'll satisfy me, no. I'm not saying you're doing idolatry, it's not to that level, but still, it's along those, those same lines. It's a method or an example of it. So may Allah Ta'ala protect us from being of those who think that the dunya will ever satisfy us entirely. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who recognize that pure satisfaction and the true solutions, the permanent solutions, the perfect solutions are only with Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala give us understanding. Jazakallah khair. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.